Hello, my name is Francesco Pavone, I'm your host, and today me and you are going to talk about deloads, how to use deloads to break through plateaus in your training so that you can go from tired and sore to recovered and strong. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you do, make sure to leave a review on the platform where you're listening this episode from and feel free to share this episode with a friend or someone you know will benefit from it. Long further ado, let's get to it. All right, so how to use deloads to break through plateaus? So deloads are super um, important. And um, if you are wondering what deloads are, it's very simple, but deload is a temporary reduction of the stress coming from your training. So we know that basically our body reacts to stress. Um, so this is not just uh, in regards to training. Um, you might even expose your skin to the sun and uh, that uh, would be a disruption of something for your body. So your body perceive that uh, as a stress. In that sense, uh, it's a good stress um, and uh, it will uh, have to recover from it. So in the example that I just did, you will go home, maybe put some cream, but not necessarily. Just imagine like you expose your, your skin to the sun for like an hour or so. You go home, you go to bed, you recover. And the day after, your skin is slightly darker. Now, what happens if you expose your skin for too long, you get burned. And uh, if you don't expose your skin too long enough, you don't see a visual difference in your skin. So what's going on in your body when you train is very, very similar. So you apply a stress, uh, which is provided through exercise, your um, body reacts and uh, your immune system goes up and you actually um, get a real inflammatory response. Uh, and uh, your body is able in this way to remove the stress, to lower it, which happens when you go home, after the session, you rest, recover, get some good food, go to bed, and probably the following day, or if not uh, two days after, the stress is removed and uh, you're able to now apply a bigger stress. So if you go training, you're able to tolerate a heavier load. Now, this uh, is uh, generally called the fitness fatigue module. And uh, the moment where your performance actually improve the initial situation, it's called uh, supercompensation. Now, this is something that I have uh, uh, experienced many times as a professional swimmer in sports. This uh, is uh, a module and a principle that is uh, used uh, by many coaches to further and uh, improve their athlete performances and to optimize them so that they can the athletes can get in shape before an important event. In my case, uh, I remember that uh, swimming is a lot of volume. I said it many times in this podcast. Uh, and uh, usually swimmers, um, they taper, or in this case, um, taper uh, in fitness, we would call deloads. We would call the, that period of uh, detraining deload. And the swimmers, uh, they taper uh, right before a competition. So seven to 15 days before the competition, they start doing less, way less volume. And uh, they basically, you know, try to um, 
get ready for the competition. So they might try a few competition pace, uh, they might do some exercises, uh, some starts, uh, and they might try the competition equipment. So the good goggles and the swimsuit. So, you know, that's uh, a generally easy period of time in terms of training and uh, that uh, optimized the performance. So I still remember those times uh, as uh, we would call it at the time of the shower, because going to, sesh- to the training session was very, very easy. Um, the session itself was uh, compared to the two hours long sessions uh, uh, typical of the off season were more like 45 to 50 minutes, which was a lot of fun. So in terms of fitness, uh, deloads uh, are uh, much more used from the evidence-based community, but there are many people who don't believe in deloads uh, and they say, you know, it's a waste of time. You don't need to do it. Um, if you want to get the body you want, you need to get discipline. You need to uh, push through the fatigue. And uh, those people, they don't know about uh, the fitness fatigue module. So you know, generally, if uh, imagine like you're doing let's say four exercises at the gym, back to back, and you try to find out the maximum amount of load that you can lift for 10 repetition. And you're doing a squat, a bench press, a military press, and a deadlift. So when you do it, you do only one set. When you do it, um, you don't take much rest in between. Let's say that you take a couple of minutes. Um, When you finish that workout, you're pretty worn out like you are going to be super tired uh, so tired that if you try to match the same like if you go straight away to do another round you might not be able to do it uh, you might be under a lot of fatigue under a lot of stress but if you go home relax eat properly and recover after a couple of days you might be able to do a little bit more than before what happened in your body well your body um, was able to get used to that stress and help you recover over super compensating and allow you to improve your performance more than your initial situation. Now, what happens is when you don't um, do any deloads and you just train intuitively, um, your body basically auto-regulates itself. Your body is a master of uh, survival. So there are very, like, we, we can't mess up with our body. If uh, our body is not recovering, um, just pushing through that fatigue is not going to help you to um, further improve your performance. It's actually going to make things worse. And uh, it's important to understand the difference between overtraining and overreaching. Now, many people, they... Uh, overuse deloads because they are concerned that they're going to be overtrained. But overtraining is actually very hard to um, experience. I mean, you have to go through a lot of uninterrupted, stressful, heavy training um, and really neglect your recovery. So you need to have bad bad nutrition, bad recovery strategies uh, and uh, very heavy, heavy training. So basically overtraining is when there is an imbalance between training and recovery that leads to a decrement in performance and that lasts more than three weeks. Um, many people say two weeks. I think like one week uh, could be like a functional 
um, or planned over training. And, um, you know, yeah, when, when the performance starts stalling for two to three weeks uh, and you generally have other symptoms, so you can't sleep properly, not so hungry, you're not motivated to train um, and you feel your joints. So you really feel under a lot of stress and there is no way that even after a week or two of the gym, there's no way that your performance gets better then that might be a sign um, of overtraining, which is different from functional overreaching. So what is functional, functional overreaching? Now, if we take the fitness fatigue module that we just talked about, uh, we can use that uh, as a very, very interesting tool to optimize our training. So we can, uh, for example, schedule a period of time where we push our training and we really like are okay with the fact that uh, um, our fatigue is high because our performance is still improving. But there is a point where, hey, I train very hard and I feel fatigued and my performance is not recovering. So I'm not also tired and training hard, but I'm not able also to progress. So we can schedule that. So we can, for instance, build up our training weeks make them harder and harder and harder week by week to the point where we don't recover anymore and just stop slightly before scheduling a week of deload. That's a way of doing that. Um, and that last week, yes, we are under a lot of fatigue and the performance start flexing. So we might be able to match our performance goals and uh, you know match the plan. Maybe you have uh, planned to go to the gym and hit a new weight. Maybe you're able to do it but you feel like it's really, really hard. You have to really grind to do it. Now that might be like, that's called functional overreaching because it's okay that uh, you start seeing a flexion in the performance um, because you are able still to match the goal. Um, and most importantly, because straight after that week, you have planned a week of detraining. And that's what DLOT are about. That's uh, basically a functional week and uh, it's a temporary reduction of stress coming from your training, um, as we just said. Now, some people uh, perform a deload by re reducing reps, sets, load, training session in the weeks, total weekly volume, intensity, or a combination of all these uh, variables. And uh, basically, um, yeah, the like that's a, that's a way of looking at it. You know, you you might reduce uh, something in your training or you might just decide to take a, like to, to don't just just don't do a session or just to choose fewer session compared to your previous program or just cutting the sets in half cutting the load a little bit just stopping a couple of reps uh, uh, before uh, your usual uh, rep range uh, with a certain load so there are different uh, uh, ways uh, to do it now personally like I always uh, did, uh, um, I always took the idea that at some point, uh, like at some point you need to recover. You need to schedule a week of uh, uh, just following, like you can be blind to the fitness fatigue module um, or you might decide to, to, to believe in it. And uh, I am always for the side, I'm always on the side of science and um, how often should you deload? That's uh, the question because many people, many people, they just go every two weeks, they do a deload. And those people are probably the people who don't need a deload. So I love to start uh, telling you like 
who will benefit uh, from a deload? Everyone, because we all follow the fitness fatigue module. Uh, fati fitness fatigue module is based on humans. So um, I would say that some people benefit more from it because people with the, like less than three years uh, of experience, um, you know, so generally beginners, uh, they go to the gym and uh, they will grow. So they will grow just by looking at the dumbbell. Uh, they look at the dumbbell and they already have a pump. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the novice. And that's great because uh, um, you don't need to push a lot in order to grow um, at the best. And uh, I think if you leave uh, your body time to grow so that it grows at a natural pace uh, and uh, most uh, not, not beginners can gain between 1% and 1.5% of their body weight, uh, every week, if they're every month, sorry, if they're trying to gain muscle and strength, and then that might slow down and will slow down with the years of experience. But let's say that you are a beginner and you're progressing every week, you're able to add load, add reps, add sets to your training, and everything is magic. Well, in that case, uh, my argument is that you don't need to deload as often, um, just because the general amount of uh, load that you can move um, is not as high and uh, you're not like you're not as confident with the exercises like an intermediate uh, trainee or advanced trainees and um, you know those people they have been training for years so kind of their motor pattern like the scheme of movement in their mind is just so automatic that they are so used to the weights so uh, for you, it's still like a new thing. Um, so you're not just able to express all the full potential uh, of your muscles, uh, and therefore you're not uh, as disrupted and as tired uh, from your training. Um, now, if you have, if you have uh, less uh, than three years of experience, uh, I would deload uh, every um, eight to 10 weeks. So training for eight to 10 weeks in a row, and uh, then take uh, one week off, one week of deload, which is not a week off. We're going to talk about that in a second, um, but a week of deload. Uh, now, if you are on a deficit, calorie deficit, that limits the amount uh, of uh, um, or, or the speed of recovery that you can have. So you will have to um, deload a little bit more often if you're on a deficit, even if you're a novice. So you might have to deload between six to eight weeks. And... Uh, if you are more experienced, um, you might need to take more frequent deloads. Same if you have a lot of muscle and you, have, you were able to build, uh, let's say, more than 10 kilos of muscle over the first three years of training. Um, then in that case, uh, you will have to deload a little bit more often in general. So every four to six weeks and uh, every four to six weeks as well, when you're on a calorie deficit, I would not advise to deload more than that. Um, I think most people can train for three weeks in a row, regardless uh, of, for more than three weeks in a row. So at least four weeks, um, regardless of how hard they're pushing and how hard, uh, um, yeah, how many muscle they have. Um, I would say also that some people have a good recovery capacity. So they, their joints are fine. They keep uh, improving their performance and uh, they don't feel low in motivation or uh, they don't notice any disruption in their life uh, any red flags uh, that kind of tell them hey i might need a deload and in that case uh, they can push every six to eight weeks uh, 
very, very consistently. Now, those people will make the best gains because uh, at the end of the, the years, they will have um, achieved the, the highest number of training weeks. So, you know, those are a little bit, and, and that's something that uh, you might be able to improve, like your work capacity and uh, your recovery ability. In fact, there are many things that you can do in order to improve uh, your recovery, apart from deload, taking deloads weaker. I'm talking about strategies uh, to improve your recovery on a day-to-day -day basis. So, um, you know, improving your sleep or reducing electronic, anything really that improves your sleep, um, I mean, it's been a topic in the last few years, especially during Corona. So um, many, many people talk about how to improve sleeps. Uh, and that's something that we look at uh, in the with the tight t-shirt transformation. And uh, we provide uh, a simple list uh, of uh, uh, action that you can implement uh, in order to improve your sleep. Um, but anything really that can do like nutrition training for uh, um, so nutrition for performance, uh, um, is also something that you can have a look at, uh, um, lifting with good form and appropriate load. Those are things that you can do in order to maximize your training and optimize your recovery. And um, where was I going with this? Yes, who is it good for? What happens instead when you do follow a well-designed training program, you want to optimize your training stimulus and recovery, and uh, you are tracking your performance. Uh, Deload is great for you, and that will be the best way to actually optimize your training stimulus uh, and uh, break plateaus. So overcome plateaus. Um, just don't have plateaus because uh, really, when you train for four weeks and deload for a week, uh, and uh, you're still not making progress, uh, that's a good sign to me that there might be it might be a good time to change something in your training approach. So again, I repeat this, you train for four weeks, rec recover for one week, you go back to your training, and even after the following cycle of training, you are not able to um, do better, do lift more weights than the previous month of training. Uh, then in that case, I would say that there is either uh, you are in a calorie deficit and you're losing strength, which is okay, totally fine. Um, or, um, you know, you might if you are in a surplus or in a calorie maintenance, well, in that case, uh, you know, if uh, building muscle and strength is your goal, I would have a look at your program and uh, see if anything can be optimized. Maybe an exercise selection or a different uh, progression scheme or a different amount of volume and intensity uh, in the week. So, or a, yeah, a combination of those. Who instead is not good for, like, who doesn't benefit from uh, doing a deload? And I had to think about it because the uh, first knee-jerk reaction was, uh, well, no one. Everyone who generally trains um, harder will have to, like, will benefit from deloads, right? And uh, I'd say as well, I was going to write, well, everyone who doesn't track his performance. But I don't agree with that because even if you're not tracking performances, um, like, let's say that you are very intuitive with your training. You go to the gym and you pick up dumbbells uh, and you lift weights uh, and you are really hardcore and uh, you want to take deloads, uh, but you hate deloads. You are like me. Like, you, you just feel like, ah, you want to train. So you generally see the benefits, uh, but you have a really hard time implementing deloads in your life. In that case, uh, you still want to learn from your body and... Uh, 
to this, learn from the signs that your body is giving you. So if you are intuitive in, in your case and you go to the gym and you feel great and you generally like, um, I'm not sure what you use to make sure that you're progressing. If you're not tracking your workouts, you are guessing. So you might be remembering some good lifts, um, but you are, that might be like the, the having a leaking in your uh, training. Um, it's, a, um, it's a concern and it can happen and it's going to be much harder to find out where is the leaking. Um, so like in that, say, in that sense, you can have a look at signs uh, to make sure that uh, you are staying away from uh, a not functional overreaching. And in this case, that you're staying away from overtraining and so that you are still optimizing your muscle growth because guys, can build muscle even if you don't track your workouts it's going to be much harder but you can it can be done especially if you are someone who spend a lot of time at the gym and uh, like training low the, the total training volume is not an issue because you are actually training a lot um, and hard what can you ask yourself to make sure that you don't overtrain in that case I had to think about it, but there are actually six questions. Um, are they six or five? Whatever. Uh, yeah, six. So how's your sleep? The first one. Did you notice any major reduction in sleep quality and duration? Um, how are your energy levels? A sign that you might take a deload, might need a deload is that you're constantly low in energy. Like you've been training for the last uh, 10 weeks uh, hard, you made good progress, uh, and now it's time to consolidate th uh, those, those progress. Uh, and uh, through rest, uh, through a week of uh, de-stress, uh, de-training. So constant uh, energy level low, red flag for deload, um, joint pain and uh, aches. So you have, uh, you know, those little, in my case, uh, I remember at the beginning of my career, I wouldn't take uh, deload very easily. <coughs> I'm sorry. And uh, I remember that I would uh, load a squat and I was able to build up a squat of 180 kilos in the first three years of my career. So you can imagine that I was able to lift a decent amount of load and I could feel my knees when I was um, walking down the stairs. So you feel your knees and you go to the gym and you're able to lift this much, but when you have to do a ramp of stairs, you feel your knees like an old man. How is that even possible? That's what, there was one sign. Um, and the other sign was uh, from doing a lot of bench press and heavy pull-ups, my elbows would start feeling a little bit weird. And I thought that there was something wrong with me that I couldn't recover well, um, or that is a gym thing, it's not for me. Um, or that simply I wasn't built for it. So uh, as I started implementing deloads, uh, those pains were regularly not uh, manifesting anymore. So I could see that in the first four weeks of a training cycle, um, like I could see those uh, like aches and pains getting away in the deload and going back, to, back towards the fourth week of a training cycle. Uh, to the point where uh, by doing more and frequent deloads uh, at the same time, they just disappear. So they were basically a sign that, um, yeah, I was not recovering fully. And uh, you have to remember that joints and ligaments and tendons, uh, they don't have the same ability 
uh, to recover as muscle. Muscle recover much, much faster. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's important to, 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 to see those joint pain and aches uh, and just notice them. You know, there might be, you might be doing everything perfect. You might be doing the exercise rights and it, it's just like a sign of the total um, allostatic load uh, from your training. Allostatic load um, would be referred to the total amount of stress uh, that you are perceiving and that you actually have in your body. Um, so the other two questions to ask, uh, make sure that uh, you are um, not uh, overtraining, is, uh, is strength going down? Are you actually able to lift a heavier load every week or you struggle or you fail? That's okay. It's done. You're not a failure yourself. Um, it's just something to ask. Uh, and uh, the last one is how's your motivation to train? How do you feel about when you look at that bar on the floor? And how does it feel to lift uh, a, a personal record, a PR? Um, are you excited? Do you feel like pumped? Do you feel like you can't wait uh, to put the chalk on and lift that weight? Uh, or do you feel more like... Uh, if you feel like... Uh, that's a sign that you might need a deload. Now, another... Um, these are questions. Uh, so they are auto-reflective questions. But what uh, can you measure and track uh, to, apart from your workouts, uh, to make sure that uh, like your uh, um, performance uh, and your stress from training is appropriate and not too much, uh, um, is the resting heart rate. Now, there are many ways uh, to do that. Uh, I know that there is the aura ring that allow you to do that. Uh, but basically, you can just check your heart rate when you wake up in the morning. So basically, you are able to... Uh, replicate the same conditions every day um, and uh, check that a heart rate which is uh, constantly elevated I'd say for more than a week it's a good sign that you might take a deload um, so yeah that's uh, just a little bit about uh, who is um, um, you know good for but who is not good for is uh, at the end uh, you know if you're not working hard so let's say that uh, you are someone that is uh, like just starting out but you don't really like want to optimize uh, your muscle muscle development or strength development and you're just there to move a little bit you don't you're not sore after a session you don't feel pain and uh, you always feel great about your training you recover and you don't really feel tired after a training session then you don't need a deload okay don't take a deload because uh, um, you know, you're not, uh, you don't need it. So you will be way better off. Keep training like you're training uh, um, and uh, enjoy your, your progress. Another thing I would uh, love to say about the people who say that they don't need a deload, it's probably the people who will benefit the most from a deload. Because if you don't take a deload and you are uh, tracking your performance uh, and you always want to progress, uh, you know that your body, like if you don't take rest, your body will take rest for you. And your body will actually do that by limiting your performance, limiting the amount of load that you can lift um, at the gym. So my question for you is, uh, um, what would happen if you started to take deloads uh, before? Like your performance at this point would be much better because it's true that you will have less weeks 
of uh, total training, hard training, but you will have also more weeks of recover, functional recovery, which will uh, elicit better adaptations. And yes, um, so how often should you deload? Well, in my experience, uh, as I said earlier, um, you know, if you have, uh, most people will benefit from uh, um, one week of deload every four to eight weeks of training. So deload more, if you have more ex experience, three years or more, um, if you are big and have developed some muscle and strength over the years, and if you're on a uh, calorie deficit. So if you are uh, deloading every six to eight weeks, uh, um, generally you might be consider uh, deloading every four to six weeks just for the time of the calorie deficit. Because we know that during the calorie deficit, your training ability is uh, slightly lowered and uh, you should then adjust your training accordingly. Now, they load less instead if you're smaller and haven't built much uh, muscle and strength over the last years and are more novice to training. So it's the first one to two years of your training experience and you are on a calorie maintenance or a surplus. I personally train hard for four weeks. Um, so I build it up from week one to week four, week four being the hardest and deload for the fifth week. And in this way, I don't need to actually need a deload. I will uh, push and I will make sure that those four weeks are smart so that I play my card smart. I have uh, basically 20 training session in that month and uh, I want to build it up and I want to see a good progress every cycle. And if you don't have a progress, uh, there might be a reason, but by being consistent with your deload, then you create a pretty consistent uh, environment. Now, on how often should you deload? I also love to tell you that uh, this is not a fixed approach, okay? I will have weeks where I train more than four weeks in a row. For example, this month, I will probably train more than four weeks in a row because uh, A, uh, last week I did one or two sessions less because of the vaccination. So that week is already a week where you train less than the previous weeks. So is that a week of deload? In my mind, no, but actually on my body, I applied less stress. So I basically could add those two sessions at the end of this training cycle or just do a week longer. And I don't think I will die from it. Um, now, what is the point of doing a week longer? Well, because holidays are coming. Yes, it's August and <clears throat> I'm Italian. <laughs> I will keep working in August, but I will go home to Italy to see my parents and uh, I will go to the gym there, but I don't know where. And I think I suspect that the first week we, I will need it to um, understand where I will train. So long story short, it's just more convenient for me to add another training week at the end of the current training cycle in order to allow a little bit more time. Even if you skip a session um, on a deload week, it's not uh, such a big deal. In fact, your purpose is to detrain, so it could be functional for your life and better to skip a session and just condense the deload week in the other four sessions and make sure that the total volume is reduced as volume is probably one of the most important thing to lower as is the most important variable that impact your muscle growth. And research shows that people who, um, like, 
decrease the volume, but don't decrease the intensity, are able to make the better gains uh, during a deload. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to me. And I find I, this, uh, like, I love you to have a little bit of uh, critical approach uh, to this because, uh, um, let's say, um, actually, let's uh, finish saying that you can plan the deload around your holiday. Just uh, make them uh, functional. So you can have a look at your ear, see when you go on holiday and plan the deloads on those weeks and then build your training program around it. I love to do this because, and I love to do this as well for my clients because, um, you know, let's say that you are someone who has a wedding and, uh, you know, the last week of a training cycle of this current training cycle land on the week of the wedding. So you can't do it. So is it better to adjust your training cycle slightly so that you have uh, a week, uh, like a, a month of training that is five weeks and not four, so that you can actually do the deload week whilst you are uh, on that wedding and perhaps don't train at all. Or if there is a gym, maybe train a couple of times, but uh, it's not a big of a concern if you don't train on a deload week. And whether if it is, uh, imagine if you've been building up properly for three, four weeks, uh, and you have like you have the feeling that you 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 just want to train because you feel great. You don't feel like you need the deload, and uh, I mean you don't feel like you need the deload so much. So in that case, it would be a better option to train another week and then take the deload for the wedding. Adjust your deload around your holidays and uh, time off. It's a much more productive strategy than just don't don't know like which training week is going to happen when you are supposed to go on a vacation um, and then be frustrated because uh, you can't find the gym now to continue with your own training program. Yes, so just listen to your body. Um, you know, many people will say, I can auto-regulate. So going back to the previous example where the people who don't track their workouts and they just want to have a look at their energy level, sleep, uh, uh, resting heart rate, joint pain and aches, strength and motivation, um, what should they do? Let's say that, uh, you know, they, they notice that they notice that though something is off. So one or two more of those questions, those six questions, um, you know, are actually affected by the, the current situation. So you, you think you need a deload. So the people will, uh, who don't track their workouts uh, will uh, struggle because uh, how do you auto-regulate your training? Now, those people will say, well, auto-regulation is a technique that we can use uh, in order to keep making progress. So it works. When you don't feel great, you don't push. When you feel good, you push. Well, that's not auto-regulation. I'm so sorry, but auto-regulation is a great strategy that is used by many advanced athletes and coaches. Um, so it's basically when, uh, you know, it, first of all, it takes years of practice, okay? Um, it, you need to develop such a sensitivity to understand when your body needs a step back in your training and when is, is instead uh, you are just mentally tired and uh, on when instead it's the right time to push through through the fatigue. So if you were mentally tired, what would you do if you just have this approach? There are times where you are working hard and uh, you know life is just a lot and you want to, you feel tired, but you, you are supposed to train. 
and uh, you're just tired mentally. So physically, if you went to the gym, you would be able to progress, but you decide to don't progress, to don't push that session because you're tired. Now, that's not auto-regulation. That's being a bit lazy, uh, which is nothing bad in doing a session a little bit less uh, intense, but you might be leaving gains uh, uh, along the way. So um, many people make the mistake to don't train where they don't feel like it and to train just when they feel 100% well. Um, most cases, when you don't feel uh, like training is psychological stress. And uh, um, that's uh, totally reasonable, but you might be able to get away from that situation and shake it off uh, just by warming up. So you go to the gym, you warm up uh, and you like the music, uh, you start uh, feeling the blood running through your veins uh, and you um, don't feel bad anymore and you feel ready to, to progress. So that's a specification I wanted to make. Now, um, how to deload, how to do it? Well. Many people, as I said, uh, lower uh, or change uh, a training variable. Um, my experience uh, and uh, as far as the evidence uh, um, recommend uh, is to just uh, decrease the total training volume. Uh, some people recommend 30, per 30 to 50% of the total training volume. And uh, if you're novice, you might be um, you might benefit from lowering the intensity a little bit. So just lower the load. Like I'm talking uh, not half of your normal weight. I'm talking more like 10, 20% and uh, don't push uh, the session to failure. That's the most important thing. In that week, you still want to train. Actually, a mistake that I did in the past was to take a week super, super easy where basically I would uh, just warm up. You still want to train with the same technique, with the same setup, uh, um, but perhaps it's a week where, it where you don't use training gears, uh, such as uh, chalk, straps, wrist support, knee support. Uh, maybe you take away the powerlifting shoes uh, um, and, you know, you just go a little bit more natural to your workout. Um, it's a week where you spend less time, total time training. So you might make plans to uh, do something else, read more, personal project, uh, life. Uh, um, it's a week where you can optimize uh, and uh, spend time in those areas and other areas of your life. Um, and uh, yes, like there are people, um, Mike Matthews, for example, recommend to uh, use the same weight, but just uh, because you keep getting used to it. Uh, and uh, the, the point being that if, when you like, do a deal of week, very often you might go back to train the following week. Uh, and uh, you, it might feel like the old heavy weights are too challenging. So in that week, um, you know, you might benefit from keeping the same load and just stop a couple or three reps before um, your previous workout. So on the week four, let's give an example of bench press. You do 80 kilos and that's a record for you. And you do four sets of six. Now during a deload week, you might do two sets of three with 80 kilos. Now that's a reduction in total volume, that's a reduction in total reps performed, and that's not a reduction in intensity because you still use 80 kilos, which uh, is not much of a difference from uh, in terms of how heavy that load is for you. Um, also, most importantly, considering that is the last week of the cycle, 
Um, so you keep using a heavy load, but you stop uh, way before your previous week. So you are basically with your mind, your central nervous system, you're still uh, able to lift that load. So you know, you, you experience what it feels to lift that load again, but you don't bring that load up and down for um, a new record of volume and intensity. Um, I think like uh, you want to try what works for you because uh, one of the benefits I experienced the most personally from deloads is that actually you don't have to activate your nervous system so much. And it's true that your nerv central nervous system uh, usually recovers quite quickly after a matter of 24 and 48 hours. But it just feels nice to have a slightly lighter load on my joints. So I'm a huge advocate of uh, just cut your sets in half, um, keep the same rep range and decrease the load by 10, 20%. Uh, for me, it's most often uh, the not 10%. Um, so uh, in this, this is a way like if it's, uh, um, you know, usually my session lasts for one hour and 10. This is a session that lasts for like 35, 40 minutes because I don't need to warm up as much. And I can really spend maybe a few like extra minutes addressing those aches and pains. Um, most often than not, it's a matter of weaknesses in a body part and over activity in another body part. So I'll take care of that, maybe spend some extra time doing some prehab work, um, and then I go through my workout, uh, enjoy it, uh, and go home. Um, keep lifting in the same way. So every rep is uh, looking the same as when you train normally. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's uh, how to do a deload. Um, will I not lose gain in that week? Well, you will not make new gains. Like you will not uh, elicit uh, like short-term adaptation. But as, as we said earlier, um, this uh, will elicit uh, long-term increased in performance. So yes, this is uh, um, you know the best way to do it, uh, and uh, this is the most uh, like controllable way. Many people say, oh, there is no evidence that periodization is a viable strategy for uh, coaches and athletes uh, to make the best progress in strength uh, and muscle gains. And I say yes, um, that's absolutely true. Um, but also, it's important to provide a framework to people uh, that they can use sustainably in our life. We are not in a laboratory, so whether if that's uh, uh, true for many people, I also try to be quite pragmatic about the topic. So if you don't uh, plan your deloads, you can, can auto-regulate your training, as we talk about today. Um, you can ask yourself those six reflective questions, check your heart rate, and adjust your training accordingly. Okay, so you don't need to have it in the calendar. I think it's uh, convenient for most of us to just kind of know about our body and generally like learn from your previous deloads. So you might even be intuitive for a couple of cycles, but after a couple of cycles of deloading and training hard, you have... Uh, a clear, a quite good idea of how long you can train for and adapt from your training, recover from your training and keep making progress without feeling any pain on any other like red flags in your life. Um, how long is it? Is it eight weeks? Is it three weeks? Is it five weeks? Just have a look at that and try to be consistent with it. So it's just a good thing to look forward to the deload 
and uh, thinking of your training as uh, cycles, um, yeah, that multiphasic approach usually take away a lot of uh, stress coming from, oh, I don't know if I can sustain all this. Um, and uh, yeah, allow you perhaps to push a little bit more in the month of training. So in the long term of things, um, I think deloads are actually a great opportunity for most of us. And no, you won't lose gains. It actually like uh, research shows that strength is lost just after uh, like more than six weeks of not training at all. So this is only a week. Don't worry, you will not lose your gains. And uh, should you just take a week off? Now, before I talk about uh, uh, scheduling and planning your deloads around your holidays and how that's uh, a convenient strategy to basically make the best out of your weeks where you can train. Um, now, not to say that you can't train on holidays, but most of the time, if, especially if you go away for a couple of weeks a year, it's just good to take those weeks entirely off because it would be much more of a hassle to find the gym and train there. Now, if you have a gym at the hotel as well, that gym might not have all the equipment you need. So it's actually convenient to have a deload week at the gym where at the, sorry, when you're on holiday. And uh, yeah, so um, schedule, schedule it around it. If you can't uh, do a deload on holiday, just take a week off and uh, you won't get hurt. I think taking a week off might be a solution as well, especially for those big, big people who lift a very, very heavy load as well when they are not on holiday. Uh, but I think it really depends by you, by your situation. So, um, you know, it, maybe you take a week off and you come back to the gym the following week and you feel like a superhero, or maybe you feel all rust um, in your joints and you don't feel like the movement as well. So you actually feel uh, like you felt better before taking a deload. Well, in that case, uh, uh, taking a week off, it doesn't really work for you. Um, so make sure that you just uh, write down how you feel after a deload and before a deload, just track it. Um, and you will have a better idea of how you will learn more about your body and your performance and your recovery, recovery ability. Now, the last uh, few things uh, is, uh, should you do cardio? Should you do any cardio? Um, well, it depends. It depends by your current uh, routine. If you are currently um, not doing any cardio and uh, you are afraid to lose uh, um, muscle or perhaps if you are on a deficit in that week, uh, you are afraid to gain weight and you want to do any additional cardio, keep in mind that uh, um, you are trying to recover in that week. So the goal shouldn't be to burn even more calories. The goal should be to make the best to improve your recovery. And cardio, um, it's not the best way to do it, especially the high intensity interval training cardio might uh, slow down your recovery, which you don't want. If you normally do cardio, you might reduce it a little bit or you might just keep it the same because you're probably so used to it that it's not so impacting on your nervous system and your recovery ability. Just don't do silly things on that week, okay? Don't try to beat yourself because actually the total training stress will be lowered. So you might feel at some point in that week where you want to test yourself and be a little bit hardcore with your training. Um, that's not the right time to do it. So just chill back, uh, um, enjoy your normal cardio if you've been doing it, um, and uh, don't try to improve for sure. Uh, consider uh, doing less cardio as well. 
Another uh, good strategy if you are uh, uh, currently on a calorie deficit and you're uh, tracking your steps uh, and you want to make sure that you're staying consistent with your steps uh, um, is uh, fantastic. Step uh, and like walking, it's uh, not impacting your uh, recovery and actually might uh, uh, as well improve your recovery. So feel free to keep doing your daily steps. And uh, what is uh, the bottom line guys so we talk uh, about what is the deload who will benefit from it uh, when is the right time to do it uh, how to do it uh, why should you start doing it uh, who is it not good for and uh, um yeah so what should you change the way you eat uh, should you um do more cardio you know should you just take a week off will you not lose gains um, in regards to what you eat, actually, um, you know, consider doing a diet break in that week. It, it really depends by what you're trying to achieve. But if you are bulking in that week, you will burn less calories. So you might gain a little fat, although that's functional. So, you know, that's something that you will see disappearing as you go back training. So I wouldn't say you need to necessarily lower your calories, but I don't think it's also because lowering your calories, uh, let's say that you go in a deficit during a deload week, um, your actual reco recovery capacity will be diminished, will slow down. So you might want to consider going to a maintenance or keeping the surplus, uh, depending how you feel and how uh, good are you with the idea of gaining just a tiny bit more fat in that week. If uh, you are on a maintenance, I wouldn't say that you have to change the way you eat. You will probably gain very, very little fat uh, and uh, um, actually, the reduction in training might make you be more active, that that is counterbalanced by your level of non-exercise activity. That is really not a concern. But if you are in a deficit, I think it really depends by the period of time um, of the deficit and your initial level of body fat. Because if you are doing a long cut, let's say that you are doing 24 weeks of cut, and you know that every four weeks you're going to do a deload. It's probably a good idea to schedule a week where you eat actually more calories in that week. Why? Because imagine you do four weeks of heavy training and stressful diet. Calorie deficit is itself stressful because it limits the amount of recovery, like your ability to recover. And it's stressful to be on a diet. It's just stressful to be hungry and uh, to have that deficit. So in that week, uh, having a week where you actually detrain and eat more, it's like a double side uh, win because you get less stress, which is functional, and you get a little bit more food, which is functional in that week, still both to elicit more recovery. So uh, the feeling you should have is uh, on the fifth week after the diet break and the deload is you should feel like a superhuman. You should feel strong, you should feel healthy, full of energy and ready to do another month of diet and hard training. So yeah, guys, bottom line about deload. Deload are necessary actually for the best results, whether if you're tracking performance or not, and um, uh, learn from your previous deloads. So just take notes, um, Take like leave yourself uh, and give yourself the um, great present of leaving feedback about your training and what you do in your life. So you just take notes uh, so that you learn uh, what is the best way to deload for you, which one is the 
one and that has the best uh, frequency and the best methodology so that you can get the best gains. And uh, yeah, guys, if you like what I do here in uh, the podcast, uh, please consider uh, leaving a review on the platform you're listening from or sharing this uh, podcast uh, with a friend or someone you know will benefit from it. I really, really appreciate you. And uh, from today, from Coach Francesco is everything. Ciao, ciao.